I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the Betty White Show from Hollywood. This portion brought to you by RDX, the safe way to lose ugly fat, yet still eat what you want. And Geritol, America's number one tonic that helps you feel stronger fast. Now here's Betty White. It's time to say hello again. Oh my goodness. And start our show again. Oh, it is and time to say hello again. 2022. 2022 is officially here. Uh, but happy Monday to you. I hope this we is did. a very extra special Monday for you as it is for us. Oh, gosh. You know what? 2022 is here, Michaela. And we didn't get here, though, without one extra bump in the road, which is so on brand for 2021. Obviously, we lost Betty White just before the ball dropped. Uh, half a day. Half a day before I she got know. to 2022. And just a couple of weeks before her 100th birthday. I'm sure we're going to be talking about that a little bit more this morning. What an icon. Uh, but it feels like just the only way to, to kick off 2022 here on the morning beat. Uh, by, by paying a small tribute to Betty White. She literally was just the most incredible human being. The most incredible actress. Uh, she was so, so like beyond her time. Like oh before her time. Uh, well, and to be the last remaining golden girl. Uh, to be with us, to know they're all reunited in heaven or wherever the afterlife may be, uh, is kind of gives me some solace. But uh, Betty White, may she rest in peace. Well, you know what's so uh, amazing about her? And I feel like sometimes she was around for so long. And, and somebody said, be like Betty White. Um, let it be that 99 years on this earth is still not long enough. Like, I know. It was so beautiful. And it's crazy because she had her own talk show, which I did know. She had a late night show. What I didn't know is there was a black tap dancer that came on. She insisted uh, tap dance on the show. Mm. They said no. She gave him even longer time. And then she ended up getting her show canceled. And she said, I don't care if they don't like it, live with it. And I mean, think about how progressive that is. A woman with her own late night show, comedian, mm-hmm. years ago. Well, you think she falls in line with those, you know, those women, the, the Joan Rivers. You know, I watched uh, I watched the CNN documentary, the miniseries on the uh, history of late night TV over the break. And Joan Rivers is a very similar story. She and Johnny Carson had a falling out. He didn't like that she was getting some shine and she was banned from late night for, you know, decades. Uh, and, and Betty White falls falls into that same, you know, who else is kind of in that same category? I know she hasn't had the best year or two, but Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen said, Absolutely. listen, I'm going to come out on my hit sitcom, and, and it cost her a sitcom at the time, but 
another one who sort of they've all sort of like paved the way for the next one. You know what I mean? But Betty White was there from the very beginning. Uh, stars like Carol Burnett and others, you know, uh, say that you know she's she's part of the reason they are who they are. Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, w- without her character on the Mary Tyler Moore show, that would not have been the success, and there wouldn't have been the spinoffs. And again, and though, what's, had... what's crazy is you know she only was supposed to have like one line on the Mary Tyler Moore show. I know. And then she it's... executed it, and they brought her. On. Is that crazy? I mean, she influenced game shows. She was on every game show known to man back in the day uh, and and sort of created the way that celebrities interact uh, on those types of game shows. Million Dollar Pyramid or whatever it was called back then. Uh, I forget this is what, $10,000 Pyramid or whatever, probably. But, I mean, she's just an icon in so many different ways. I did get to meet her briefly one time. Uh, she was doing a, a fundraiser for animals, of course. They were near and dear to her heart. Uh, but at the Abbey. And I got to meet her briefly, and it, she just could not have been more kind. And then she was in her 80s at the time, and I thought I remember thinking, like, she's coming to the end. And she was around for another 11 I, years. Uh, okay, yes, please say that, because I think everybody was like, what's going to happen? Remember there was a joke, like, rapper and bubble wrap. How long do we have with her? Well, yeah, I remember she was 88 years old is when that campaign took, uh, took foot to have her finally host SNL. You know, she was the first uh, woman to win... Uh, an Emmy for hosting a game show. Uh, I mean, she's like the list goes on and on and on. But yeah, at 88 years old, she hosted SNL, and everybody thought, well, we got to do it while she's still around. And yeah. she stuck around for 11 more years. I know. Oh, I, know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, it is our first show of 2022. Welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. Couldn't think of a more fitting way to kick things off, so thank you for pulling that audio for us. Justin, we're going to kick things off uh, in just a few minutes with So What Did I Miss? All the stories you may have missed the last couple of weeks while we took a little much-needed vacay and Omicron took over the world. We're going to get to that a little bit later on as well because we have Dr. Laura Rush joining us to talk about this latest COVID surge a little bit later on in the show. But right now, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right, honey. Well, Keanu. Donna Stone, a 32-year-old trans woman and community advocate, has died after being shot in the parking lot of an Indianapolis nightclub. The shooting occurred outside the Epic Ultra Lounge only a few hours after spending the holiday with her family. Stone found herself fighting for life in the hospital. She remained on the life support for just a few days, but ultimately her injuries were too grave and she died a few years later. Uh, Now, Arizona State Republican Senator Wendy Rogers has proposed Senate Bill 1045 to prohibit medical procedures that affirm the gender identity of children and teens who are transgender. The law would ban medical staff from performing gender-affirming surgeries on transgender minors, as well as prescribing testosterone to transgender men or estrogen to transgender women under the age of 18. Health professionals who would do so would be guilty of a class 4 felony. Uh, This bill is coming right after uh, Kiana Stone was found uh, in the hospital as a trans woman as well. But devastating. We always like to say their names and uh, give them the recognition they deserve that so oftentimes mainstream media does not do. All right, let's get into some weather. A high of 52 in Vegas, 61 in L.A., 54 in Houston, 82 in Miami, and 39 in Seattle. Now give us a vibe of the day. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Let's think about that as we head into 2022. Find ways to give back today and every day. Absolutely. All right, well, coming up, we're continuing to talk about the icon that was Betty White. Also, what Chicago teachers are doing when it comes to quarantining after testing positive for COVID-19. And what did I miss? Coming up next. So what did I miss? 
a lot can happen in a little amount of time. And if uh, if you don't believe it, just stick around for the next few minutes because uh, the end of 2021 wrapped up uh, with uh, with some big big news, some major losses uh, on a global scale. Uh, we obviously just mentioned at the top of our show Betty White. Uh, her legacy will continue to be discussed and shared. I know for days and weeks and months ahead, uh, as she was so so close to her 100th birthday, they were planning a whole 100th birthday celebration special. Not sure if that's still going to happen, uh, but I feel like we jinxed her just a little bit. But she lived a long, long, beautiful life. And like you said earlier, Michaela, uh, you, you want to be one of those people that when you go, uh, even after 99 years, people say it's, it wasn't quite long enough. Um, and she is definitely one of those people. Um, another Titan, and this might not be a name that jumps out to you, but actually maybe it will because he's from your home state, Michaela Gordon. Uh, former Senate Majority Leader uh, and strong ally to our community, Harry Reid uh, from, um, from Nevada, uh, passed away at the age of 82, which in comparison to Betty White seems very, very young now. Yeah, would, like, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, he was he was the man who really helped Barack Obama, you know, navigate uh, his time in the White House. Got some major major, major legislation done together, um, and and uh, he, he will be missed as well. He's sort of the the Democratic equivalent to like uh, Mitch McConnell in in some way, or Chuck Schumer. Well, Chuck Schumer is our current Democratic one, Justin, but he's like he's like the opposite of Mitch McConnell. Um, but then also we lost Desmond Tutu. Uh, South Africa is in mourning now. Um, and as well as LGBTQ plus groups, uh, because just another, uh, you know, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, uh, died on Sunday, uh, and, um, just the Nobel Peace Prize winner just really impacted a lot of lives and he will be missed uh, by our community in particular as well. Um, so he said at one point, this quote really stood out to me, anywhere where the humanity of people is undermined, anywhere where people are left in the dust, there will, there we will find our cause. Uh, always fighting for those who are just needed a little bit of help. Uh, and I think it's so beautiful. So uh, three titans that we want to honor this morning here on the Morning Beat. And so what did I miss? Uh, but what else is going on that we might not have caught over the last couple of weeks? Okay, well, this woman is sort of a hero in her own right. She's a Chicago teacher. Her name is Marissa Fateo. Uh, she's recently gone viral on TikTok, which is how most stories now start. But she was on a plane to Iceland last week for a European vacation. And she said that she started feeling like she was getting a sore throat. So she had packed a few rapid tests and decided to go into the restroom, take the test, and that thing lit up. She knew she had tested positive within seconds. So her and a flight attendant got it so perfectly right, they put her in the bathroom and she quarantined for four hours because there wasn't enough empty uh, seats on the aircraft to properly isolate her. And so she documented it, of course, on TikTok, and she said that they were really great with her. She felt really comfortable. They brought her snacks, but she obviously didn't want to be on a plane, and that's a really tough situation. I mean, imagine you're on a flight. You start not feeling well. You wouldn't think to start maybe to test before the plane. However, I, I would now. If I take any flights, I'll test before, but to, to have to isolate in the restroom is pretty smart thinking. When she got off the flight, her uh, husband and father were uh, able to test negative. So they went on without her. And she's been staying quarantined for uh, her 10 days. Uh, but she says it's actually been really good. Um, but that that's what she had to do. You do what you got to do when you test positive. Which it's going to be really interesting with this virus. I'm excited to talk to Dr. Laura Rush. Because I feel like so many things... Uh, 
have come out recently about it's Omicron, changing. Yes. Delta. What do you do if you test positive but you don't have any symptoms? What do you do? I mean, being vaccinated isn't necessarily the the thing that's going to keep you safe. So, uh, we'll yeah, get it's more gonna, tips. Yeah, it's going to keep us out of hospitals. It's not going to keep this thing from spreading. Is what Absolutely. I think we're finding out. She says she prays Iceland air. You know, I'm six foot five, and 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 those quick trips to the restroom on a, on a flight are never enjoyable. I barely fit. I can't imagine spending four hours in an airplane restroom. Not happening. Yeah, no way. Just no uncomfortable. How. Terribly uncomfortable. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, also, you know what? We, this is interesting because I didn't see a lot of people over the break. We stayed home. Everybody was sick, but we did spend New Year's Eve with my family and my little nephews uh, talking about the metaverse a lot. Uh, and now we're seeing how impactful uh, the metaverse, metaverse could be on society, humanity, uh, how it could reshape the real estate landscape, both virtually and in reality. This is fascinating because before COVID, just the idea of going to like a Zoom meeting seemed insane. Right. And I remember we were looking at apartments at one point, thinking about moving into a new place uh, during the pandemic. And we had to do virtual tours. And we're like, this is so stupid. I want to be there in person. Well, I'm hanging out with my family and uh, they bring out their Oculus set. And uh, my fiance is playing and my other cousins playing. And my little nephews are explaining how they can make money on like Fortnite and Roblox and things like this. They build these entire universes from their computers and other it's people pay, pay money to come spend time there. And I was like, that's so weird. Why would you want to pay to be in a, a virtual space? It, it doesn't make sense to me. And my, my cousin said, he's like, listen, he's like, why doesn't it? He's like, if I, if, if I were to scan your home, your entire home, right, and then build it in a virtual reality space, and then I'm standing in your living room. And you're there on these in this virtual reality with me. Who's to say I'm not actually really in your home? Because it's the same. It's a replica of your home. It's been scanned. It is exactly the same as your home. How do you know I'm actually in your home? Look, that's crazy. It's a game. He's like, no, but it's not. And people are paying big, big money for this. And this is the future. And it's already here. Listen, we tried to talk about (laughs) NFTs last week. I'm still so incredibly confused. You're not there, okay? If I'm virtually there, I'm not there with you. If I want to go to your house, I want to physically be be there to hug you. Like, I do not get it at all. I think we need to get a specialist to talk about this. I want to make money, but I don't get it. Well, how do you know that we're here right now? How do you know we're not in a dream right now? Have you watched The Matrix? Go back and watch the first one. The Um, rest are kind of crap. I did watch the first one. I did. Lisa got me stuck when I was sick. She got me watching all those stupid movies I would never watch. I've seen like all the dumb sci-fi movies now, which I actually now enjoy. I love The Matrix. I'll admit it. The the <laughs> new one, though, I hated. It sucked. It was awful. Um, but it's, I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Maybe we're living in a Matrix, but I still don't understand the NFTs and I never will. <laughs> uh, all right. Coming up, a teacher who stalked kids online uh, for L- being LGBTQ and going to the gay clubs responds, but gets major backlash. And we've got that story for you coming up next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're going to be talking, I believe, uh, coming up a little bit later on in our show in our next hour to Dr. Laura Rush of... Uh, the Coachella Valley on Omicron and this holiday spike we saw breaking records in the worst way. Uh, we're keeping you informed and we're keeping you safe here in just a little bit. So stick around for that in our next hour. Uh, but this story is really interesting. A California middle school teacher uh, admitted she totally stalked, in her words, that is a quote, a student online uh, uh, after that person identified, uh, after she identified candidates for an LGBTQ club, uh, said that her explosive comments were made tongue in cheek. We're talking about Buena Vista Middle School, uh, and uh, listen, this is really interesting because uh, they they literally found kids who identified as queer, um, and then went online and bullied these children. I don't understand how on earth uh, there's still a conversation being had. Why they've not been fired forever? Have they been, Justin? Well, no. So the bullying isn't coming from the teachers. It's actually coming from people online because they were actually trying to find people for their gay-straight alliance club. These kids were. The the teachers. The teachers were actually trying to find the students then. Correct. So what is the issue right now? Why is she saying stalk? So the issue is that they're looking out kids and the parents, other parents are upset that, that they think they're trying to recruit kids into the lifestyle? Well, it's more the fact that they were, spy, quote unquote, spying on them online. However, the fact is that Google has a lot of these, you know, safeguard softwares mm. for teachers to monitor, like, what their kids are looking at in class. So this is one of interesting. Her, one, of her teach, one of her students of this teacher saw that they were looking up trans day of visibility. And uh, the teacher remarked, oh, check, I got to invite them to Gay Straight Alliance when we get back. Oh, the, this is fascinating. Oh, this is not how I wow. understood it's it. It's so not these how teachers... I understood it at all. So she's actually trying to benefit the LGBTQ. Correct. So she, oh, so they're using algorithms and information and SEO to try to help kids who have been maybe looking things up to give them resources and point them in a more solid direction. And to give them an avenue to you know f- you know be able to explore w- what they're looking at online. But this one of those teacher teachers has been suspended indefinitely. They're looking Correct, into it right because now because they they they, made, they said that they were taking advantage of the the system essentially that that software was meant to you know make sure kids weren't looking at like violent or pornographic this material. is really okay this is really fascinating then Michaela because this is a whole different conversation absolutely and- well when I read it said very clearly first of all the messaging of this article was so confusing because it said the teachers were stalking which I guess they were stalking in a positive Call- way called clickbait yeah that's what happens in new york post well done so they're actually following up on these kids prior searches Mm -hmm. to help direct them in the right correct give them the right resources so then they can find their their community right Mm -hmm. that's interesting to me okay okay because here let's play angels advocate for just a moment uh conservatives oftentimes talk about like the gay agenda or whatever the agenda they think there is 
is is it within this teacher's rights, do you believe, uh, to be looking into what their students are searching online in order to help place them in situations that are more conducive to safety and learning for them? Or could you see this as, maybe if you're a conservative parent, you see this as you're trying to pinpoint and turn my child gay. Do you see what I'm saying there? Like, I, I, I as a gay man, I think this is fantastic. She's a caring teacher. But as, as somebody who's maybe not in our community, do you think that they would have an issue with this? Or you think that they just got to deal with it? I, You know, it's tough because in the article, it says, uh, can you imagine the two kids in the club right now who are out at school are not out at home? And the only two teachers they have ever spoken to about it have been taken away and been suspended And that's really tough because I feel like I would want a safe place for my child to go to. And if they don't feel like they can come to me, I do want them to be able to go somewhere to be able to talk about it. Um, Well, this is is interesting because this actually goes into a TV show that right now that I'm watching because this controversy sort of like uh, gained some more steam because earlier this month, uh, a district parent said that her daughter's name and pronouns were changed without her consent and that the school called Child Protective Services on her for objecting. If you're watching and just like that. Oh, my God. The Sex, the Sex and the City reboot, uh, the most recent episode, uh, this this season, Charlotte is dealing with exactly this situation. Uh, Charlotte's uh, child, Rose, now identifies as Rock uh, and and has, has removed gender uh, from their identification. And Charlotte and her husband are really, really sort of upset by this. They're trying to figure out how to navigate this. And they got called into the school and the teacher and the principal were talking to Charlotte and her husband as if, you know, you got to get with the program. Your child does not identify as male or female and they now identify as rock. And that is how everyone at school refers to them, uh, including the parents uh, or including the teachers and other students. And Charlotte and her husband are totally taken aback by this. They're really, really upset. Could you imagine finding out like that? Yeah, but at the school, it's a safe space. So is that actually the job of teachers and administrators? Is that what they should be doing? Should they be allowing things like this? I think, of course, they should. you got to follow the child's lead. But as a parent... I mean, that's a pretty uh, wild way to find out. I would I would yeah. be very taken aback if I sat in the principal's office and they knew more about my child and their pronouns yep. and everything. Um, but also, that's what you get for not talking to your kids and giving them a space to be themselves, whatever that, part, that looks like. That. There's a reason your child might feel more comfortable at school than they do at home sometimes, and that's, mm. that takes some introspection and looking into. Absolutely. This is a really fascinating story. We'll keep you up to date on this to see what the outcome is. Uh, but uh, not the story I anticipated, but a fascinating one nonetheless. Absolutely. All right, well, coming up, oh, I love Billy Eichner, and he's back in the news. He's taking down Aaron Sorkin. Find out why coming up and what's popping. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for our first round of what's popping of 2022. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right, well, Aaron Sorkin made some controversial statements recently about LGBTQ plus roles being played by LGBTQ plus actors. Uh, and Billy Eichner is not having any of it. Now, the filmmaker and screenwriter weighed in on his decision uh, to cast Javier Bardem as Desi Arnaz, uh, responding to recent criticism of his new film being The Ricardos, which, by the way, I watched. 
You know, I never watched movies, but then I was so sick, so I did. I loved it. I thought Nicole Kidman was amazing, and I thought the story was so interesting. It was such a different look at Lucille Ball and her marriage. She really was such an icon. Uh, but the feature follows the I Love Lucy duo, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. Uh, and then the film... And though the film has been garnering fair reviews, Barton was criticized for being cast as the late Cuban-American actor, even though he is Spanish, not Latin American. Sorkin defended his choice, though, uh, to say that to be Cuban is not actable. He said, if I was directing you in a scene and said, it's cold, you can't feel your face, that's actable. But if I said, be Cuban, that's not actable. Nouns aren't actable. Gay and straight aren't actable. You can act as being attracted to someone, but can't act gay or straight. He continued this conversation more and more. And then Billy Eichner tweeted uh, towards the article, completely ignorant of how Hollywood has treated its openly LGBTQ plus actors for a century, talking about stuff he doesn't fully comprehend, scared that Hollywood isn't entirely ruled by straight men anymore. Go write yourself a walk and talk back into the past. Merry Christmas. Uh, because Aaron Sorkin did continue to say, so this notion that only gay actors should play gay characters, that only a Cuban actor should play Desi. Honestly, I think it's the mother of all empty gestures and a bad idea. First of all, I'm obsessed with Billy Eichner, but does Aaron Sorkin have a point? I, I, I Listen, I'm I'm mixed. I, I think two things to exist at the same time. I understand what Billy's saying, and I get the frustration. Trust me, as a queer person, I also get it. But... I think it's a really, really slippery slope when you start saying that you have to be one thing only to play that one thing. It it takes away what acting is. And if you have to be a queer person to play a queer role, does that then mean, because this has to cut both ways, that no queer people can ever play straight roles ever again? And I understand that we have a long way to go before we get to any sort of equity. Uh, and that is the bigger issue at hand here. I think Billy Eichner saying, listen, for 100 years, you know, we have not had any control or any say over our characters and the way that they're portrayed in this industry. But Aaron Sorkin, I think, does make a point. And, and, and if you're going to start saying, OK, now, in order to cast this role, it needs to be exactly, exactly, exactly the same person as who originally. If you're doing a real, a real person, you're playing Desi Arnaz. They have to have the exact same ethnic background. What is Nicole Kidman's ethnic background? Is she exactly? The, I mean, she's Australian. Was, was well, Lucille also, Ball Australian? So I mean, there, there, I mean, there's conversations to be had here. Well, and also when you play a gay character, I think that we've always made gay very, very stereotypical, especially with gay men. They're very flamboyant. They're very loud. Lesbians have flannel on. Like, can you just be attracted to somebody and not act gay like yeah. that's a point yes. we're trying to normalize that and also so- I, some of the some of the roles that stood out to me growing up in, in cinema I remember watching Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal and Brokeback Mountain and just right. weeping and those were two straight men who told a story that was so beautiful uh, Ang Lee and the rest I mean told this gorgeous narrative and without that and also this film if Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem were not the leads in this film we wouldn't be talking about it so, yeah, you can say all day long you need to cast a, a Cuban actor who's exactly like Desi Arnaz and the same ethnic background and makeup, sure. But if nobody knows who they are, it's not going to sell tickets and the, and the story's not going to get told. Right, right. All right, well, coming up, uh, what the health with Dr. Laura Rush on Omicron. Uh, we saw so many people testing positive, including myself, but so much has changed. People are testing for 60 days positive what do we do she'll join us next
Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, we're joined by Dr. Laura Rush out of the Coachella Valley talking about this latest wave of COVID-19. Omicron has been dominating the headlines for weeks. Uh, took a little break uh, during the holidays. Thought we'd come back fresh. 2022, new year, new me. Not so much. Uh, says COVID. Uh, so Dr. Laura Rush is keeping us informed and safe coming up here in just a little bit in What the Health. Right now, though, it is time for News on the Beat. All right, Henny, well, as conservatives across the country move to ban books on LGBTQ topics from schools and Oklahoma legislature has taken it to the next level, Republican State Senator Rob Standridge has introduced a bill that would give individual parents the power to demand the removal of any book from school shelves that they believe contains LGBTQ content. Now, the bill states that schools should be banned from carrying texts that cover the study of sex, sexual preferences, sexual activity, sexual perversion, sex-based classifications, sexual identity or gender identity or books that are of a sexual nature. It claims these books must be banned because a reasonable parent or legal guardian would want to know of or approve of prior to their child being exposed to it. According to the bill, school staff would be required to remove any such book within 30 days of a parent's request. If the staff doesn't comply, they will be terminated. Not only that, but they'll be blocked from being hired at any other public school for over two years. All right, another news. Arizona State Republican Senator Wendy Rogers has proposed Senate Bill 1045 to prohibit medical procedures that affirm the gender identity of children and teens who are transgender. The law would ban medical staff from performing gender-affirming surgeries on transgender minors, as well as prescribing testosterone to transgender men or estrogen to transgender women under the age of 18. Health professionals who do so would be guilty of a Class 4 felony with a prison sentence of one to three years. Senate Bill 1045 also states that teachers, school staff, and administrators cannot withhold from a minor child's parent or legal guardian information related to the minor child's perception that his or her gender or sex is inconsistent with his or her biological sex. This would ultimately force teachers and schools to oust trans and gender nonconforming students to their parents, even at the student's potential peril. This proposed bill follows suit with a bill that was ushered in Texas in April 2021, one that did not pass during its legislative session. Um, So that sounds wild, as usual. The (laughs) parents are acting out again. Um, I love news. I I love news. I love it. Uh, But, you know, I am grateful (laughs) for the news that we do because, unfortunately... These That's stories right. just do not make mainstream mm-hmm. media. People don't know about it. I feel like the bearer of bad news every morning, but someone's got to do it. Why not, baby? <laughs> okay, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 39 in Seattle, 64 in Phoenix, 54 in San Francisco, 82 in Miami, 39 in Kansas City, 52 in Vegas, 64 in Palm Springs, 61 in LA. Now, please give us a vibe of the day. Before we get to the vibe of the day, speaking of weather in LA, can we just talk about how the the fact that it rained the entire break? Well, I, I oh have not God. seen rain like that, that in over a decade. I also, know it. also, we're not in as bad of a drought as we were a couple of months ago. Like we had so much rain, Justin. I know you have a thought on this. What do you know? Well, have you seen the photos from like t- Lake Tahoe? Where no. It's Seventeen feet of snow. That's oh crazy. My God. Huge snowpack, which is which is nice. fantastic for us. Although we're still not out of the drought, apparently. So. 
There's Gosh. that. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was sick the entire break, and nothing made it easier than watching it be a rainstorm. I was like, great, another cozy day inside. <laughs> that was that was the upside. I was like, listen, I don't want to go anywhere because I don't want to get the, get the Omicron, and it's raining, so I guess I'll just stay inside and do nothing with my life and order more wine. Right. Um, but I'll tell you this, I don't like having a dog when it's that rainy. Oh, my, I know. My little Kingston will not go to the restroom outside when it's rainy. He doesn't, under, he doesn't understand what it is. I know. And I'm like, I literally, I'm like, you have 30 seconds to pee and go potty and poopy right now, and you need to do it, dog. And if not, I'm going to be soaking wet, which I was every time I went out. Yeah, not I really know. that fun. I know. I but hear it. it. But, it's, but it's nice again. Now it's sunny again. Uh, here's your vibe of the day. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Try to kick 2022 off by doing something kind for someone today. See how it goes. I love that. I think that's beautiful. All right. Well, coming up, I feel like everybody I knew, including myself, tested positive this holiday break with some sort of variant. And so Dr. Laura Rush is joining us in What the Health to talk about what to do if you're testing positive or someone you know is testing positive as the rules keep changing. Coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, you know, as a sort of a coping mechanism from time to time, Michaela, we've both been guilty of saying, ah, the pandemic's over. Remember when the pandemic was happening as if it were in the past tense? Well, 2022 is here and COVID-19 is very much not going away. We're in the surge of an unprecedented uh, uh, wave right now of Omicron. It impacted you, so many of my friends and family also uh, testing positive and getting very sick, to be honest, uh, over the break. Uh, so here to help us uh, make sense of it all and to give her her expert advice on how we can protect ourselves as we enter 2022 is Dr. Laura Rush calling in from the Coachella Valley. Dr. Laura, how are you? 
I'm a little cold today, but good morning. A little, a little, wait, wait, it's cold in the Coachella Valley? I think we had a 37-degree uh, reading this morning. Yeah. Wow. Ew, disgust. I'm sorry well, about that. That's disgusting. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sorry for you. What else is disgusting? The U.S. seven-day rolling average uh, on Saturday was 400,000 cases of coronavirus. Uh, that is nearly double the tally from Christmas Day one week prior. Yeah. What's happening right now, and what do we need to know? You know, we're starting to see that the Omicron is surging everywhere. We're, you know, we're possibly seeing... Uh, 300,000 new cases were last Wednesday, and, and it's climbing. And it's it's everywhere, but fortunately, it's a mostly upper respiratory infection this time. So what is a little bit lower are hospitalizations and ICU usage, but it is spreading everywhere. Yeah, meaning it's not really taking, taking uh, over the lungs like the original variants were doing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the current research is showing that this one mostly is attack, attaching to the tissue in the upper respiratory, so the nose, the throat, mm. and those areas, and re- avoiding the lungs in uh, for the most part. Yeah, you know, it's crazy because I uh, I got vaccinated, of course, but I tested positive for, um, I don't know what variant, but I tested positive uh, almost two weeks ago, and I got really, really sick. But the pain that I had was in my kidneys, in my lower back, which is really interesting. I did lose my sense yeah. of smell and taste. I had a horrible headache. Like, all the things that you could have, I got, but also things I haven't heard of, Um are those some of the elements with this new variant? Maybe it's not your lungs, but it's your kidneys this time around. You know, it's definitely hitting very differently than we saw with Delta and the other variants. So mostly what I'm seeing in clinic is upper respiratory. People coming in sore throat, sniffle, uh, you know, mild cough, headaches, sinusy kind of stuff. So a lot of people are coming in thinking that it's just a sinus infection. And I'm asking them to please go and get tested because this is exactly how Omicron is is manifesting in different patients. So it's, you know, the back pain, the the, the aches, the pains, the soreness, all of those things are all part of, you know, flu-like symptoms in general. I, it's tough to say if it's due specifically to, you know, an Omicron uh, manifestation. But, yeah, the flu-like symptoms are definitely the back pain, the body aches. Well, I saw an old friend of mine posted yesterday. She lost her father last year uh, during the pandemic. She didn't lose him directly to COVID, but uh, because of COVID in a lot of ways, he could not get an elective surgery that they deemed elective that he very much needed. Uh, And because of that, a whole series of issues started to arise in his health uh, and it became so much they couldn't overcome it. And she shared her frustration as somebody who's fully vaccinated uh, with those who are not vaccinated, saying, listen, I'm tired of being patient. I'm tired of having compassion. You know, um, the the director uh, at the World Health Organization said on Thursday uh, that if we could get 70 percent of the global population vaccinated, we could end this pandemic in 2022. We're looking at some nations. Uh, where we have one, two, three percent vaccination rates right now, uh, and we're, we're learning the word equity. Uh, it's being brought up a yeah. lot more in, in in regards to health. Um, how do we get to that place? Because I'll tell you, as somebody who's fully vaccinated, who's boosted, um, and, and doing my part to protect my neighbors and my loved ones and complete strangers, uh, I'm also frustrated. And and I don't see how we get to that seventy percent number uh, with such hesitancy still around the world. It's still working on education. I think the last number I looked at, we're at 66% are fully vaccinated. Um, 33% at least have a booster on hand, too. Um, 82% have at least one dose on hand. So it's, there's still so much misinformation out there. A lot of people have politicized this. Mm. So it's continuing to hammer away 
at providing good, solid information, to trying to explain the evidence, trying to depoliticize it, not make it so much a, you know, a dividing point. And it's it's really really hard, but it's it's frightening. The the current situation is you're looking at for those who are not vaccinated, they are 20 times more likely to die from a COVID infection. Mm. That's how serious this is. And getting those numbers out there, because there is so much misinformation, makes it a little bit harder to, to reach those that are really dug in. Well, can I follow up on a, a comment you made a moment ago? Because those numbers are much higher here in the United States. I'm looking right now, according to the, the WHO, globally, we're at about a 48% vaccination rate, right. right? So we might be hitting 60, 70, 80% in some places here in the United States. But explain to our listeners why it's so important to take care of this on a global scale uh, if we as Americans want to get back to life as normal. Sure. When you're looking at countries you know, like Sub-Saharan um, Africa, where they have a very low vaccination rate, what happens is the virus takes hold there and mutates. And then it throws off things like an Omicron variant where it's mutated. Then it comes back to the United States where it can evade some of the immunity we have built up through vaccines. So if we're not providing vaccines to globally across the world, getting as many people protected as possible, this thing is just going to keep mutating and coming back at us. Mm. Well, Dr. Larry Rush, we want to continue this conversation because also what we're seeing now is people can be feeling better, but still testing positive for 60 days. What do we also do with loved ones that are trying to take care of people testing positive? And why do we need to continue getting boosted? We'll continue this conversation with Dr. Laura Rush coming up. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health with Dr. Laura Rush. Dr. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, there are more and more uh, vaccines and boosters being approved for for different uh, for different age groups right now. Um, and Pfizer just uh, approved their booster for children aged 12 to 15. Um, we're also seeing that children are getting this uh, COVID-19 and getting sick more often right now. So how important is it that we get these vaccines approved for children and that, that, that parents get the information they need to make the choice to go ahead and get their child vaccinated? You know, it's a tough one. Only 50% of parents are reporting that they're planning on getting their kids vaccinated. But yeah, as of today, Pfizer had made their booster available for ages 12 to 15. Um, they're the only vaccination available for, uh, for COVID for kids that are 18 and younger. Mm-hmm. Moderna and J&J only have it for, for adults. Um, you know, with kids, they're a little they're a little bit tougher. They they tend to have more mild trans uh, mild symptoms and transmit the virus at a lower rate. But unfortunately, they uh, they have more upper airway issues. And when the really young kids, if you've ever had kids that have been around little kids, they tend to get lots of viruses. They're little petri dishes, mm. and they get lots of viruses that go through you know several dozen in the course of a year. So, but this time the Omicron is making it a little bit more challenging. So you're, we're seeing increases in in croup, bronchiolitis, so lower respiratory infections in kids are having a little bit harder of a time getting rid and shedding the, getting rid of the virus in general. Mm. Well, Dr. Laura Rush, one thing that's coming up is people are testing positive, and they have all the symptoms. They start to feel better, but they're still testing positive. If you're testing positive, what are some of the rules? Because I think everything has gotten so blurred. Can you go back to work? Can you go out in public if you feel better and it's been 10 days of quarantining? How does that look? So, you know, the CDC has released new guidelines and they're confusing a lot of people because they haven't really released a lot of the research behind it. But right now they're saying, you know, if you've had positive symptoms 
and but it's been at least five days, but you're no longer having symptoms, you can go ahead and stop your, your quarantine and go on out, but you have to continue wearing a mask. But if you're still having symptoms, you're still coughing, you're still having a fever, that means, and you're still positive for COVID, that means you're still having to stay in isolation. So a little bit difference between isolation and quarantine. The isolation is you are locking yourself away from everybody until you're either negative or you are symptom-free and fever-free for, I think it's up to 72 hours at this point, or 24, I'm sorry, 24 to 48 hours, you're symptom-free. A lot of people are testing. I have patients that are testing positive for weeks afterwards, and it's just their antigen levels are still high enough, but they're asymptomatic. It's a little tougher to deal with if you're trying to get back to work and show a negative COVID test. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really, honestly, it's it's the reason, you know, that our, our radio station is kind of going through a transition right now, trying to figure out what's going on. Michaela's home for the next couple of days because myself, I, I just wasn't sure. I didn't understand, you know, if you're testing positive or, if you're, or you're testing positive, but you're totally symptom free and you have been and you've quarantined for a couple of weeks. You know, we all want to stay safe. Nobody wants to, you know, make this a personal thing, but it feels like. The CDC is sort of all over the place lately and not necessarily communi- communicating in a way that makes sense to a lot of people. And it feels like there's some yeah. corporate interest being uh, 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 sort of, I don't know, it, it feels like this is not necessarily the best news for uh, individuals. So- well, I do just want to say really quickly, I am testing negative now and I have been for the past couple of, of days but there are still people very much testing positive that feel absolutely fine and are still going out in public. And I think that that's, that's the fear. And, and the bigger issue is, is learning when you're going to be more transmissible than anything else. So when you're looking at COVID, like a lot of other viruses, the highest transmission usually occurs within the first two days before the symptoms start and then two to three days after the symptoms start. And now that's when we're seeing 85 to 95% of the transmission. So once you're beyond that, that window, it's a little bit safer, a little less likelihood that you're going to be transmitting the virus, which is why they went ahead and made these new changes, these recommendations. So the issue is, is, is when you're most likely to be shedding virus particles. Dr. L- okay, so and I want to say, I do want to commend you because that is actually the most concise information I think that I've heard on this exact conversation. Uh, so uh, just, to, just to recap, you say the first two days or so uh, before you really started maybe even having any sort of symptoms, and then for about right. three days or so after you're symptomatic, that is when 80 to 95% of all of the transmission is taking place. So exactly. you're saying if you get out of that window, that makes me feel a lot more safe, I think. It's a little bit less likely that you'll be transmitting it, but they still highly recommend, obviously, wearing a mask, sure. washing your hands, and you know, reducing your exposure as much as possible. Well, get back here, Michaela. I miss you. I am, honey. I'm ready. I actually like recording from home. You know that. I don't know <laughs> I do know that. I do know that. <laughs> uh, Dr. Laura Rush, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for clarifying what feels so confusing at this time, uh, and we'll talk to you for What the Health soon. Sounds great. You guys have a great week. You too. The Sex and the City reboot, and just like that, finally gets a little bit of sex in the city-ish. Michaela Gordon, what's poppin'? Okay, this story's a little cringeworthy, to be honest. Um, I have not seen, and just like that, I'll get around to it probably in five years like I do everything else. But um, it's been a little awkward in episode five called Tragically Hip. Uh, Carrie needs to get hip surgery. Um, to help with her back pain. So she asks Miranda to come and take care of her. 
And apparently Miranda has had a bit of an alcohol problem um, in this new series, and it's sort of been addressed. But uh, Che comes over, and it's obvious that Miranda has a crush on Che, and Che is Carrie's boss. And next thing you know, there's a bottle of tequila involved, and Che and Miranda are having sex in Carrie's house, which normally I feel like we would be celebrating and we love, but there's a few issues here. She's still married to Steve, and if you remember, they uh, that Steve cheated on Miranda. Yeah, back in the first in movie, Sex right? In the city, uh-huh, yes, yeah. and that was a big deal. She almost did not forgive him, so it's weird that she would cheat on him and then also it's awkward because Carrie is calling out for Miranda to help her because she has to go pee and then catches a glimpse a glimpse of her best friend who's supposed to be taking care of her and her boss having sex and it's like this very awkward thing it makes the audience really uncomfortable nobody is rooting for Miranda and Che she's uh, not the most likable character okay. and then it, this is all, it's like very odd to me. Yeah, it, it, it was an odd scene. It was an odd episode. The entire revival has been a bit odd, to be fair. Uh, it has broken all records, HBO Max, uh, in their short history. It's the most streamed new series of all time. But they've only been around for a couple of years. And I'll say this. Cynthia Nixon obviously came out uh, during this time frame between when the original Sex and the City aired and now. And she's also run for office politically. She's a very different person than she was back then. So I think they really wanted to explore the sexuality of her character, Miranda, which I understand in them all for. Uh, che, formerly Cheryl, uh, is a non-binary character played by Sara Ramirez, who you might have known and loved as Callie Torres on Grey's Anatomy for many years. Che's character is not likable. I don't think that they're a funny character. They're supposed to play a comedian and a podcaster and not that likable. So you're already not rooting for Che and Miranda at all. And so the fact that that Carrie has to end up peeing in a diet peach tea Snapple bottle because she can't get herself out of bed to go to the restroom and spills the pee all over her bed while Miranda's getting blasted in the kitchen uh, by Che. It's just not a good look. And it was just yeah, a very awkward, cringeworthy weird. scene. I will say that Che, uh, in a roundtable, Sara Ramirez, who we've had on the show, actually, and was a very likable human being, uh, does say uh, Che is not here to be liked. Che is not here for anyone's approval. Che is not here to represent the entire LGBTQ plus community or a spectrum of Spanish speaking people or Latin identified people or Hispanic identified people. They're just here to be themselves, which I always respect. And I yeah, like I, when people I are totally- that. Yep, but same. also, what is the point then? Like, I, I get if yeah. you're not likable. Are you setting us up for Miranda going to rehab and realizing that she has all made these mistakes? Like, what is the setup here? Well, because- I think the most relatable part of the entire episode is Miranda does admit that she has a drinking problem and says, listen, we all drank a little bit more during COVID. I just didn't stop. And that part, that's the part of the storyline that I think is more relatable to viewers that they need to lean into. Um, and yeah, the way that Sato Ramirez is playing Che, I like it in a, in a way because, listen, we don't need to be a certain thing. We don't need to be liked to be a character on a TV show. I get that. But also, you got to root for these characters in some way, shape, or form. And right now, there's no redeeming qualities. Yeah, it's odd. It's very odd. But um, hopefully, it is a good setup. I'll tell you what, just like that, and just like that, the series has not missed one 
thing. They're tackling literally everything, every single thing. Non-binary children, uh, her sexuality, death by Peloton. There's a whole lot going on everything. right now. And I, I do hope that it gets back to the sex in the city part because I will say this. Samantha's character has been referenced in almost every single episode and, and she has missed. She's missed. Oh, yeah. She made yeah. it so fun. All right. Coming up, somebody else we missed. The beautiful Betty White. Uh, died at 99 years old, and it still was not long enough to have the funny girl. We uh, recap some of our favorite memories and how she died a an icon coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So good. Coming up this hour, in about 15 minutes, we're going to take some time to pay tribute to the icon that was Betty White. Uh, May she live in our hearts forever. Such an incredibly, incredibly talented human being and an even kinder individual. We're going to share some of the highlights and tributes that are pouring in from around the world coming up in just a moment. Didn't want to start off 2022 this way. You know, she was just 14 days from today would have been her 100th birthday, January 17th. Uh, There still is a one-night movie spectacular planned to honor her legacy. Uh, I can't wait to do that right after you turn uh, 28, I believe, on the 14th. Michaela, I'm not sure what what birthday this is for you, but I assume yes. 20, 28, you look so young. Yeah, uh, I'm very, 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 very young. Dolly Parton mm. and Betty White, all icons for the Capricorn community. Love it, love it, love it. So we're going to be paying tribute <laughs> to Betty White here in just a moment on the Morning Beat. But right yeah. now it is time for news on the beat. What do you have for us? Okay, well, this is a really sad story. Kiana Stone, a 32-year-old trans woman and community advocate, has died after being shot in the parking lot of an Indianapolis nightclub. Uh, The shooting occurred outside the Epic Ultra Lounge. Only a few hours after spending the holiday with her family, Stone found herself fighting for her life in the hospital. She remained on life support for a few days, but ultimately her injuries were too grave. She died a few days later, so we honor her uh, and what she was to our community. Uh, All right, in other news, as conservatives across the country move to ban books on LGBTQ topics from schools, an Oklahoma legislator has taken it to the next level. Republican State Senator Rob Standridge has introduced a bill that would give individual parents the power to demand the removal of any book from school shelves that they believe contains LGBTQ content. The bill states that schools should be banned from carrying texts that cover the study of sex, sexual preferences, sexual activity, sexual perversion, sex-based classifications, sexual identity or gender identity or books that are of a sexual nature. It claims these books must be banned because a reasonable parent or legal guardian would want to know of or approve of prior to their child being exposed to it. Now, according to the bill, school staff would be required to remove any such book within 30 days of a parent's request. If the staff doesn't comply, they will be terminated. Not only that, but they'll be, they'll be blocked from being hired at any other public school for two years. 
It's just so crazy. We did a story earlier in the first hour, and if you missed it, you can always download our podcast at odyssey.com of how these schools and these teachers are trying to give a safe space to our LGBTQ youth because, believe it or not, they do exist, and parents are going out of their way, particularly these, these conservative parents, about now uh, what they should be able to read, what clubs they should be able to join, um, and really not taking into account that maybe their kids really need it. It's not about exposing them. It's about making them feel seen and visible. Yeah. Um, I feel like parenting is hard, and being a child is hard, and the only way it gets a little bit easier is through communication, constant open dialogue, and these children need it and 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 if they can find it through their teachers and administrators that's great because that's not always the case uh but we need to do better we need to do better for our next generation because as we've learned from our generation and those before uh communication isn't everybody's strong suit you know what i mean and uh if we can get better at that i think the compassion comes right behind communication and I i think we'll get there um but yeah this is a tricky one All right, well, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 52 in Atlanta, 39 in Seattle, 54 in San Francisco, 82 in Miami, 52 in Houston, 64 in Palm Springs, 52 in Vegas, 61 in L.A., and 39 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? You always expect people to do something for you and you're not willing to do something for others. There's a problem there. Uh, Try to do something nice for somebody today. Yeah, be a nice guy. Be a nice guy. All right, coming up, a nice gal. The beautiful Betty White passed away just before 2022, but we are honoring her uh, among so many other celebrities and the legacy that she leaves. And we'll discuss coming up next. We're saying that for the last time as the fourth and final Golden Girl has now passed Betty White at the age of 99, New Year's Eve day. So close to 2022, but Betty White, even with the 100th birthday right around the corner on January 17th, she's like, nah, I'm good. 2021 was a lot. I'm going to move on. And, you know, uh, it's so funny, though. <laughs> somebody said she's such a giver that she didn't want to pass in 2022 and make everyone hate 2022 so she kept it in 2021 so we could have a good new year and i was like that kind of tracks well i just adore her so much and have for so many years and we're going to share some some of her highlights over the years with you in just a moment but the the tributes are pouring in from all over the world from actors and, and regular people alike and what's so fascinating to me is is how long she's been around she's in the game for eight separate decades eight decades entertaining the world and it all started way back in the day uh she did a sitcom called life with elizabeth in 1952 now it was a saturday evening sitcom which is wild to even think about now those don't even really exist um and she was the first female to ever produce a sitcom on television and uh earned her first emmy nomination i mean 1952 people weren't doing this yet do you know what I mean? And she went out there, and TV was just just a new thing. It was in black and white. She said, I'm going to produce a TV show, because why not? Yeah, I mean, it's really crazy, because I think that we loved her in newer shows, and we loved watching her with Ryan Reynolds. But it's really important to recognize 
what kind of name she was making for herself, like you said earlier, with the Joan Rivers, with like mm. these very early on comedians where they could literally be, I mean, I mean women were not respected, Mm-mm. especially in the comedy world. And to be so bold, you know, it's a lot also like, um, I love Lucy. I watched Meet the Ricardo, or Being the Ricardos. Is it Meet or be, Being the Ricardos? Being. And watching, uh, Lucy, watching Lucille Ball. All the things that she was doing during that time as well that feel so normal now. I can walk in any comedy club. I can be in any television show. Well, yeah. Time it wasn't like that. I think for our community in particular, she became a household name playing the character of Rose Nyland, of course. Rose, oddly enough, I used to play Nagva volleyball. Uh, and if you were in the volleyball world and the queer community, you understand what that is. We used to travel the country and play tournaments all the time. And I was on a team of a bunch of older guys, and they named me Rose because I was ditzy and fun-loving, uh, much like she was here in this scene. Rose Nyland! Why, that cake is in the shape of... Blanche, we know what it is. I thought it was in the shape of Florida. (laughs) You know, I often do refer to Florida as America's penis, and uh, they got the joke down there as well. Um, But, I mean, that was... we We think of... you know, the Golden Girls, and that was much later in her career, actually. Yeah, well, you know, it's also wild to think that that's how 50-year-old women were being portrayed. Yes. Um, and now we look at, and just like that, and we're watching those women portrayed in their 50s. It's and different. And then you have Jennifer Lopez, who just defied it's all also odds, the same age. decided to be well, like, whatever. People first fell in love with her as Sue Ann Nivens on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And I was reading that 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 was supposed to be a one line or a couple of lines that she had on one episode. And it turned into a full character arc and spinoff and an entire career. And and that's how much of an impact she had. And that was early in her career. Let's 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 move to a little bit later in her career. And I remember when she was announced as one of the four main characters on Hot in Cleveland uh, over on TV land and thinking, how on earth is she going to, you know, uh, play this character week in and week out next to Valerie Bertinelli and the rest of the cast uh, and, and hold her own. But hold her own, did she, as Elka Ostrovsky. Yeah. Does anyone else smell pot? <laughs> what are you, a cop? <laughs> no. Then what's it to you? <laughs> I mean, just so, well into her 80s, spunkiest ever, and just holding her own amongst these women who were half her age. She was so great. And I also think she did have such a great way of relating to audiences from all different generations. I loved how she stayed current with whatever was cool, including Ryan Reynolds. She did a review of Deadpool, <laughs> which was hilarious. Take a listen. Once in a generation, a movie comes along that your whole family will love. If your family is a f***ed up group of kissing inbreds. Ryan Reynolds looks so f***ing handsome in his red leather suit. I give it four golden girls. <laughs> She's so dirty. She's so dirty. I love that about her. She del- and she could deliver the meanest, most like hateful line with so much love. Um, but she, she wasn't always just joking. There was a little bit of seriousness to her, too. Uh, she received the Lifetime Achievement Award at the SAG Awards back in 2010. What really boggles my mind is that I actually know many of you. And I've worked with quite a few. Maybe had a couple. Uh, And you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> she always finds uh, a way to take a moment and add a little bit of fun to it and levity, oh, which I think is so good. Timing. She also was a really big ally for our LGBTQ community. How could you not be if you're a golden girl? Um, she did a great interview with Larry King. Take a listen. 
What has been the significance of the gay community in your career, and what do you have to say to those against gay advances like gay marriage and the like? Oh, I, I, I don't care who you sleep with, whom you sleep with. I don't, I, I don't, it's what kind of a human being are you? I, I, that's, some, I've never understood why people have... I, I don't understand. It's, it's such a personal, private business and none of mine. Absolutely none of yours. I the love that. The best answer. The best answer. Um, but also, let's just take it into uh, uh, the next segment with, with this reminder that not only was she a producer and a comedian and an actress, um, she had other talents as well. So as we continue honoring Betty White on what would be almost her 100th birthday, uh, let's, let's, let's listen to uh, I'm Still Hot. I'm still hot. <laughs> I hook up with the lifeline. I've got big cash in no time. I'm living life at the top. Guess what? I'm still hot. Come on, Betty White, yes, dropping Betty. singles. You know, we can't get enough of Betty White, and we're going to continue talking about her legacy. Uh, with Queerty's David Reddish and why the LGBTQ community just cannot get enough of her coming up next. you for being a friend indeed betty white we continue honoring your legacy uh, here on the morning beat uh, you and your fellow castmates and the golden girls hold a special place in our hearts uh, that is true for so many in our queer community uh and queer tees david reddish is joining us right now to talk about this pop culture icon and the legacy le- she leaves behind david how are you hey happy new year guys happy new year Happy you know, New Betty Year. White almost made it to the New Year, but not quite. Uh, and we're oh. all sort of mourning the loss. And, and it feels too soon, which is interesting because she was almost 100 years old. But in your opinion, why is it uh, that she uh, holds such a special place in the hearts of, of the queer community? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I don't think there's a single reason. Um, it, it, so much of it, I think, had to do with her good humor and her characters, I mean, her two most iconic characters are Sue Ann Niven from Mary Tyler Moore and Rose Nyland from The Golden Girls. Both of them were very sex-positive women at a time when you didn't see many sex-positive women on television at all. And particularly with Golden Girls, you never saw older sex-positive women, certainly. Um, and, you know, her storylines on The Golden Girls also dealt with queer issues. That's the first show I can think of Same. where I actually saw a gay character who was not a victim, uh, several gay characters who are not victims, who are not dying of AIDS, that were treated with dignity and respect. Um, I, I thought that was always wonderful. There was a storyline where Rose, uh, where one of, I think it was one of Dorothy's friends fell in love with Rose, a lesbian woman, and it was handled with such grace mm. and such dignity. I thought it was wonderful. It's so good. And it is true. Like she, It's the first time I remember these issues being talked about on, on, on a sitcom as a young person yes. that, that had an impact on me. Absolutely. But she even had one of the episodes, it was a great episode, where she it was like a dating game show, and she had two of the girls, I think it was Blanche and um, maybe Dorothy, where she like set them up, and it was so funny and so cute and so... Um, like not weird at all. And I remember like as a lesbian woman, just seeing that and, and thinking like it, she just did so much for the culture. And I, I 
Hope she knows the impact she left because she really did so much for us. I, I think that's true. And I think she did. You know, she was somebody that never, never held back that she had gay friends, you know, even at a time when it was very, very taboo. Liberace was one of her best friends. And in fact, uh, they had the same, the guy, uh, the guy that discovered them was a guy named uh, Dan Federson. And he was executive producer on both of their shows and would set them up on dates together in order to sort of keep Liberace protected from the homophobes that were living in Hollywood at the time. Um, well, in she, some, yeah. yeah, in some ways, I mean, she lived through, I mean, you gotta, you gotta think back, like, she was in the game when, you know, Liberace was in the game, when Rock Hudson yeah. was in the game, when a lot of these, yeah. these, these, these icons that we now, you know, see as, as being in such distant past, she was very much a part of that from the 1950s until the day she died, she yeah. was still at the center of the pop culture world. And I think that, you, you see, gosh, it, it's been 11 years now, 12 years now since she hosted SNL. And at the time, yeah. she was the oldest person to ever host it at 88 years old. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, is she going to live long enough for this to happen? And then she <laughs> lived 11 more years. It's just insane. She did. And to that point, exactly, AJ. Like When she hosted in 2008, that was sort of when the debate over marriage equality was hitting a sort of fever pitch. And she went on and did all those talk shows and said, I don't understand why this is a big deal to people. If two people love each other, why is that not enough? Yeah. Why, why is it any of our business to criticize them? Why is it our place? For an 88-year-old woman to be doing that, it, you know, that, that is what she is choosing to do with her cultural moment. Granted, she'd had many up to that point, but that, I think that is a statement unto itself. But also, I feel like I she, out, she yeah. also remembers what it was like. Because we, we oftentimes yeah. think of the past as if it being so long ago. She was alive yeah. during World War One. I. I mean, <laughs> this is a woman who had lived a life. And we, we see pictures of like Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement in the 60s and JFK and the Robert Kennedy assassinations and all these things. And oftentimes we're shown these photos in black and white as if to make yeah. us feel like it was so long ago. But this was in the lifetime of people who are alive today, including Betty White. And so she's yeah. lived through, you know. Also, you talk about like things like queer rights, right? And you talk yeah. about like religion and why this is such an issue for some people. And the word homosexuality has been in the Bible for what, 75 years now? We, we yeah. know that. We have that information. That means she was 25 years old before that word ever hit the Bible. So she, in yeah. her formative years, so to, to your point, when she says things like, why does it matter? Because when she was in her 20s and 30s, it didn't matter. But now right. it does to so many people, but she remembers. And that is that is what is so rich about having people of that generation still to share their stories and, and, and to communicate with us because she knows what it was like before things got crazy. Absolutely. David, we have about a minute left. I want to know what your most favorite memory of Betty White was. There was so many, but what are maybe like your top two that you just were like, that's my girl? Oh, my gosh. That's so hard to, to say. Uh, I loved the episode of Golden Girls where somebody stole her teddy bear and it became this huge scandal. And she gave this beautiful, impassioned speech about how sometimes you just needed to grow up. And then she stole the bear back from the little girl that had it and kicked her out of the house. <laughs> that, is the, that is the ultimate Betty White moment because Betty had that duality to her of somebody who was very, very sweet and wholesome, but someone who was very, very smart. And do not get on her bad side because she's going to win. Can I take your second uh, one? I'm going to share your second one. Uh, and my, my favorite, Michaela. Yeah. is the Super Bowl ad years ago where she was in the Snickers commercial yes. and she gets tackled and she comes, she stands up and she's got the dirt and the mud all over her and she's this little old frail lady and she is just talking like a like a sailor and she's ready to go to battle. I, she's just too good. 
Yes, yes. She's well, awesome. David, we appreciate you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving us your take on the iconic Betty White and for all that you do for the community in pop culture. Absolutely. Always my pleasure. Yes. All right. Coming up in What's Poppin', uh, a funny guy is announcing a split from his wife. It's getting a little serious. We'll talk about why he's also leaving his television show coming up in What's Poppin'. You're listening to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Okay, this is crazy. Anchorman is one of my favorite uh, movies. And I also kind of relate to Anchorman because if you or Justin type anything up, I will absolutely read it live on air. And sometimes it is... Whatever we write. Doesn't matter. You'll read it. it. No questions asked. I will absolutely (laughs) read it. And it's been humorous at times and also terrifying. Uh, But one of the stars from Anchorman, David Koechner, was arrested for not only a DUI, but a hit and run on New Year's Eve. Now, it was in the afternoon. Um, And I, I guess... He was just having a good time, uh, but he was busted for a suspected DUI and a hit and run in Simi Valley, California, where he got picked up by the local cops. He was booked into Ventura County Jail around 5 p.m., and his vehicle was towed. Now, law enforcement sources tell TMZ uh, police got a call for an erratic driver, which a patrolling officer located, only to find David behind the wheel. We're told he was given field sobriety tests, which he didn't do well on, and got hauled in for drunk driving and allegedly hitting a street sign with his car. Now, per online records, he was released early the next morning. Man, that sucks. Not a good way to bring in the new year. Also, he's kind of hard to miss. He's 6'2", so, you know, you can't necessarily just hit and run. He's also a big star. But uh, maybe he was just doing a little booze. Maybe he was having some mimosas that morning and decided to drive, but... It always blows my mind that people still get DUIs when we're so lucky enough to have, like, Ubers and Lyfts. Like, it's so much easier. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, the irresponsibility of a DUI is wild to me. Like, I'll if I have one or two cocktails over the course of an entire evening, I'll get behind the wheel of a car. I weigh 210 pounds, and, and I'm still well within my legal limits. I'm okay. But anything more than two cocktails, like, why would you drive? Yeah. Like, just get an Uber. Totally. Or have somebody, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I know. I agree. I feel like it's awful. And he's, like, he's so loved. Like, people love him. They love his characters. He's funny. And it always kind of leaves a little, I think, bad taste in people's mouth uh, when you find out that it's, like, a DUI, man. Come on. It's it's 2022. Like, they're so, they're just so avoidable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Totally. Um, all right, well, coming up in our final hour, Marcus Barrington, our super hot astrologer, joins us to talk about the new year <laughs> and the stars. He's super, he is hot. super hot. And also, why does my birthday, January 14th, start the day of Mercury retrograde? And why? Oh, God, of course does it does. That mean? We'll talk about it next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for news on the beat with Michaela Gordon. Take it away. Oh, there's always so much going on. Uh, Kiana Stone, a 32-year-old trans woman and community advocate, has died after being shot in the parking lot of an Indianapolis nightclub. The shooting occurred early uh, in the morning outside the Epic Ultra Lounge. Only a few hours after spending Christmas with her family, Stone found herself fighting for her life in the hospital. She remained on life support for a few days, but ultimately her injuries were too grave. She died just a few days later. 
All right, in other news, uh, Arizona State Republican Senator Wendy Rogers has proposed Senate Bill uh, 1045 to prohibit medical procedures that affirm the gender identity of children and teens who are transgender. The law would ban medical staff from performing gender-affirming surgeries on transgender minors, as well as prescribing testosterone to transgender men or estrogen to transgender women under the age of 18. Health professionals who do so would be guilty of a class 4 felony with a prison sentence of one to three years. Senate bill, um, the Senate bill also states that teachers, school staff, and administrators cannot withhold from a minor child's parent or legal guardian information related to the minor child's perception that his or her gender or sex is inconsistent with his or her biological sex. This would ultimately force teachers and schools to oust trans and gender non-conforming students to their parents, even at the student's potential peril. This proposed bill follows suit with a bill that was ushered in Texas in April 2021, one that did not pass during its legislative session. All right, rounding out news this morning. As conservatives across the country move to ban books on LGBTQ topics from schools, an Oklahoma legislator has taken it to the next level. Republican State Senator Rob Standridge has introduced a bill that would give individual parents the power to demand the removal of any book from school shelves that they believe contains LGBTQ content. The bill states that schools should be banned from carrying texts that cover the study of sex, sexual preferences, sexual activity, sexual perversion, sex-based classifications, sexual identity or gender identity or books that are of a sexual nature. It claims these books must be banned because a reasonable parent or legal guardian would want to know of or approve of prior to their child being exposed to it. According to the bill, school staff would be required to remove any such book within 30 days of a parent's request. If the staff doesn't comply, they will be terminated. Not only that, but they'll be blocked from being hired at any other public school for two years. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 39 in New York, 61 in LA, 52 in Vegas, 54 in Houston, 39 in Kansas City, 54 in San Francisco, 39 in Seattle, 25 in Buffalo, 34 in St. Louis, 64 in Cathedral City, and 64 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. Uh, Before we head on to the vibe of the day, I do want to call out, and we don't have more information just yet. It's it's nearing the end of our show, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about this all week long, though. But the New York Attorney General has subpoenaed Ivanka Donald Trump Jr., both in a fraud probe, uh, as we're getting reports that Ivanka Trump was asking uh, her father to stop the insurrection on January 6th, uh, which could explain why they have not been seen together uh, in months, and she is distancing distancing herself from her husband. Uh, This is a blockbuster story, uh, breaking news live on CNN just moments ago, and uh, we'll be talking about it all week long in Red, White, and Q, so I'm sure we're going to have our political experts all fired up all week long here on The Morning Beat, so stick around for that. It's going to be a great week. It is going to be. It's terrible. I say it's going to be a great week, but I really can't stand the Trumps. So uh, it will be a fantastic week as we inch closer and closer to the one-year anniversary of the insurrection, January sixth, later this week. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, Here is your vibe of the day, Michaela. Life's most important or most persistent and urgent question is: What are you doing for others? Do something nice for somebody today. It'll be. It'll be fun. I promise. Yeah. Be a nice guy. 
All right, coming up, uh, Marcus Barrington is joining us, our favorite astrologer, to talk about what's in the stars, what to expect in this new year, and also it's Capricorn season coming up next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, 2022 is officially here. It kind of came in with a bit of a whimper as opposed to the roar we were expecting and hoping for. And things seem a little more similar to 2021 than we'd previously hoped. Uh, but hope is not all lost. Michaela's birthday is coming up this month, uh, but it's also happening on a day that's important to our next guest, and he's going to tell you why. Please welcome to the program our resident astrologer, Marcus Barrington. Marcus, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Uh, We're good, honey. On a side note, I want to talk to you about a property you listed uh, on your social media recently, a real estate agent, and I'm really in love with it, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Right now, we're talking about, we're looking to the stars uh, and what we can expect in this first month of 2022. Well, you know, you you said 2022 kind of felt like it came in like 2021, but it aims to be a very unique year, and it's going to try to be as different as humanly possible from 1920 and 21. How so? Well, we've got a lot of things that are going to be happening this year. In January particularly, um, we're going to see some major things shift. So Mercury is already in his retrograde shadow. He's preparing to do his first of four retrogrades this year. Typically, he only does three. This year, he's going to go that extra mile and do four for us. And then on January 18th, Uranus, who is the last of the outer planets to go direct, will go direct, sending out massive, massive shockwaves that are going to solidify the changes that we have been making all throughout 2021. And then Venus, who is currently retrograde, she will go direct on January 29th. And then we're going to see what's going to happen is in February, um, the last of the outer protoplanets, Chiron, is going to go direct. And then we're going to have from February until May, all of the planets direct, which is the first time we've had that in a long time. So that is going to be when you see a ton of things really moving forward at speeds that you probably didn't anticipate. So for January, we're looking at really finishing up the changes that we've made. There's going to be a lot of things sort of coming together. People are going to see a lot of different options, a lot of forks in the road, a lot of changes that need to be made, a lot of negotiations that are going on. There's going to be a lot of stuff sort of tying up and finishing because as of February, that's when we really start to move forward. Thank God. Well, I want to ask you, Marcus Barrington, I've never had a birthday where Mercury went retrograde like the same day on January 14th. Is that a um, is that a good thing? What does that look like for people that celebrate the day Mercury turns? It's actually not going to have any impact on your birthday. And I will say a lot of people are very fearful of Mercury retrogrades, but all four Mercury retrogrades this year are taking place in Earth signs, which means they're going to be much more focused and a lot less crazy. We also have four eclipses taking place this year. (laughs) And the biggest aspect of the year is going to be when Jupiter meets up with uh, Neptune in Pisces. That is something that only takes place every 168 years. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that sounds like it's not the worst so is, thing listen, ever. Listen, you, you're you're a unicorn, Michaela. You're the only one of a of a lifetime to experience this. 
Well, I, that doesn't well, surprise the, me at all. The, I, the, that, the Neptune, I mean, <laughs> the Neptune um, Jupiter meetup happens in April. Okay, so that's that's around the corner. So that I'm back to nothing. So I'm back to a loser and nothing special. So, oh, so what, thank you, so, Marcus. So what I'm hearing is January is still going to be crap. I'm hearing that January is still going to be a bit of a struggle. We're going through a lot of changes right now, but by February things will start rolling and we'll start moving forward. Look at January as sort of the building the foundation, sort of putting the final blocks into your foundation, so that you have a solid structure in order to build all the things you're going to be building in this year. Okay. No, okay. I can wrap my brain around that. This is, this is why I like you, Marcus Barrington, because you give us little like incremental like steps and like, like building blocks to kind of wrap our brains around. If I can compartmentalize, I can get through anything for a month. I can't get through 2022 <laughs> if it's going to be like that, but one month I can handle. Yeah. 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 I feel good about this too. It's going to be a really exciting year. This is also what's going to happen on January 18th when Uranus goes direct. He's going to trigger the same aspects to begin formation in the sky, the same ones that created and brought to us the Roaring Twenties. So those aspects are going to form for the first four months, and then they're going to start to perfect around mid-year. So we're going to see a lot of booming, a lot of partying, a lot of economic growth. We're going to see the housing market continue to skyrocket. There's going to be a lot of push forward. But I will warn you, the only caveat about the Jupiter-Neptune meetup, because it's happening in Pisces, there is a chance it could create a new variant. But from what I'm seeing as far as COVID sort of path, each new variant is going to be I guess the best way to put it is going to be a little bit more mild as the virus starts to just work its way into becoming a normal part of our society, I guess, in its own right. Sort of like the Spanish flu did. Now it's just become this milder version that everyone can handle for the most part, and it doesn't cause these massive shutdowns or hysteria or panic. Well, Marcus Barrington, I feel good about all of this. It feels like we're doing our foundation building blocks to have a really fruitful, rich year. So that sounds like a good time. Yeah, it's going to be a good year of building. A lot of, a lot, a lot of steps forward. Yay! Thank God. All right, well, good. We'll check in with you for Aquarius season and onward also for the 48 eclipses that are happening. So thank you so much, Marcus. <laughs> Take Thanks, care. guys. All right, coming up in What the Health, we're joined with Dr. Laura as she lays out the new CDC guidelines and makes it all very clear for us in such a confusing time. Next. Tell me something good. Well, 2022 is off to a, a, a rough start, some bit of a mixed bag, some good news, some bad news, some more bad news. But here's some great news, because Amy Schneider, uh, who is on a tear right now on Jeopardy, by the way, if you're not watching, you need to tune in, um, has just become the fifth highest earner of all time on the show and has become the number one highest earning female contestant in the game show's 57-year-old history. Now, she's already the show's first ever transgender contestant to qualify for the Tournament of Champions, uh, but she did that because of this 18-day run. She's still winning right now, by the way. She's not lost. Incredible. And listen, they might not know who their permanent host is over there at Jeopardy, but maybe Amy's making a case for herself right now because she's in that top five right now, and that's pretty incre incredible stuff. She just surpassed 
uh, Larissa Kelly, who was the show's top earning female player. Um, when she now, by the way, she's earned over $706,000 right now. Amy has, uh, Larissa earned about $650,000. And so what Larissa did is really classy. She said on social media, she took to Twitter. She said, well, it was fun to hold a Jeopardy record for a few years, but it's been even more fun to watch Jeopardy set new standards for excellence. Uh, Jeopardy, Amy uh, talking about Amy Schneider. Uh, on the show and off. Congratulations to Amy on becoming the woman with the highest overall earnings in the show's history, to which Amy replied, another classy response, thanks so much. I'm honored to be in your company, and I look forward to someday watching the the woman who beats us both. Paying it forward, forward woman power. I can't talk right now, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm happy. Amazing. I'm really excited for her. Amazing. The crazy thing is, here's the crazy thing. If you know about the Tournament of Champions, it's it's the 15 highest earners from an entire year. And so since she was in December and now January, if she keeps winning, she could make the tournament two years in a row. That's nuts. That's crazy. I mean, imagine being that brilliant. Like, just incredible. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I watch Jeopardy, and if I get three questions right over the course of an entire episode, You're the I'm smartest thrilled. person in the world. Yes! I know. I know. Uh, okay, this story is amazing. We're obsessed with our doggies, and we know what it's like when you want to get a hold of a vet and you just can't get your dog taken care of. That happened over the uh, break for us. But uh, just after Thanksgiving, a registered nurse, Jennifer Smith, received an early mo- morning phone call call from one of her favorite patients, John Burley, and he was upset about his beloved dog, Boomer. She said that she came into work Monday and uh, John was calling from his hospital room saying, Boomer's in the pound. Please, can you take care of him? And so uh, this registered nurse who met Burley at a grand rehab center uh, in Rome, New York, 12 years ago through an adult day a healthcare program they just made really good friends and she knew how important the dog was to him so she said i i'll go get him don't worry so she went to all the vets all the pounds found boomer the dog got him called the dog's owner uh burley and said okay don't worry i got him took uh, him back to her house and she's now taking care of the dog while he peacefully recovers in the hospital. Uh, But how sweet is that? I mean, imagine also being in the hospital really sick, not feeling well, trying to recover and your dog is in the pound. Like I'd be like, get these wires off me. I have to go get Rocco immediately. Mm, I hear you. I hear you. No way. No way. So that's so sweet. We love nice people. Well, Tell Me Something Good is sponsored by McDonald's. Tis the season to treat yourself and drink up the holiday joy. Now get a small peppermint mocha hot or iced for only $2 prices and participation may vary. So good to be back after a much needed holiday break. We have a great week for you. So as always, thank you for listening. We'll keep you informed and we'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.